Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't miss the hottest watch of the season coming July 22nd. Boston George, famous without the fortune. Exclusive to Fandor.com. This original docuseries gets up close and personal with the man whose life inspired the movie, Blow, and ran with the likes of Pablo Escobar. You might think you know the real story, but you have no idea. Hey everyone, <laughs> welcome to another edition of the Fandor Video Podcast. I'm Hooman, alongside the great Chris Kelly. Hey, who? Hey, great Chris. Yep. Uh, our our producer, we're, we're we're remote from each other today. Even we're normally- we are, and our producer is here, but he's hiding because yeah. he's nursing a cold. We we miss you, Bryn. I miss you guys too. There we go. The voice of God. <laughs> All right, uh, we got two amazing directors uh, coming up. Their names are Andrew Morgan, Nick Numerdor, and their film is called Sleaze Lake. Nick, Andrew, welcome to the show. Welcome. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, what happened to your cat, Andrew? Oh, yeah, this is, this is Cecilia. She okay. attends every Zoom meeting. And- <laughs> it's like she'll sleep all day long and then come out the second for, for the meeting, later. right? Yeah. My, my, my cat, Socks, may make an appearance. He, he, he jumps around. So. <laughs> Maybe we'll just have the cats meow at each other for a little while. <laughs> um, Andrew, Nick, what is Sleaze Lake about? Okay, uh, so yeah, Sleaze Lake is basically about the world's largest van club and the wildest party you've never heard of that they uh, threw over a weekend in Indiana in 1977. So we kind of uncovered, uh, did a little uh, uh, research and uh, made this film about it. And it's just, uh, yeah, Barrel of Monkeys. Yeah. Oh, wow. So where where in Indiana did this uh, festival take place? So this took place in Monticello, Indiana, which is down I-65. It's like probably two and a half hours from Chicago. Okay. So pretty much the middle of nowhere, though. Cornfields, you know. And did you guys actually go there and do some filming there and talk to residents there? We did. So as part of the film, I mean, so this took place. You know, the film takes place in the 70s. It's all about this, you know, 70s van club, 70s event. But we did go down there. Um, and I almost don't want to, like, spoil it for anyone. But we did um, go back to the scene of the of the proverbial crime. Right. And then this is kind of a sequel, right? I mean, you guys have done van stuff before. Yeah. So we started... Uh, 
our dot careers, uh, you know, in like 2009, 2010, something around there, fresh out of school in Chicago. And we had this idea to make a film called Vannon that was all about, you know, custom van culture in America, kind of where they came from. And we ended up filming that in 2012 at the Van Nationals, which is the largest, you know, like the largest gathering of vanners and vans in America. And that was in Wisconsin that year. And it travels around. So we made that film, had a little bit of success with it, um, kind of became like a modern cult thing a little bit in certain ways, um, got some traction on Amazon. And then it was within filming that, that we're talking to one of our main characters, Howard, who appears in both films. And he said, uh, you know, in 1977, we built a town and burnt it to the ground and called it Sleaze Lake. And we were like, excuse me, so, <laughs> you know, we ended up, uh, uh kind of following that train of thought, thought into, into Sleaze Lake van life at its lowest and best. It's like, it's like burning man for vans. Um, when this happened in 1977, did the press, any national press cover it? It seems like this is something that's been forgotten. Yeah, um, I don't know if the national press ne necessarily got into it like that same year, but the van club and the, the explosion of uh, van popularity at that time was covered. Um, and the van club that's in the film was uh, a part of a Rolling Stone article um, the following summer. And they and, mentioned Sleaze Lake by name. Okay. Yeah, I think, and, you know, it was uh, not to interrupt, but it did get covered in like Hot Rod magazine as well. I think like at the time, certain van magazines, it was such a popular subculture for like a, such a short period of time that there were tons of van publications. And one of the biggest proponents of the van world at the time was a guy named Terry Cook, who, who was the editor in chief of Hot Rod magazine. Uh, so it got a little coverage, like Nick said, Rolling Stone a year later. So when this film came out, did you guys do the film festival circuit, Sleaze Lake? Yeah, we launched, um, basically sent out all the uh, emails and uh, stuff to film festivals as COVID started. So it was like March of 2020. Uh -huh. um, so it was all virtual for a year, pretty much. It was and it's such a fun film to see with an audience. And uh, so that was a bit of a bummer, but it was still really cool to kind of like get a lot of connections with people. Um, we did really well on like basically any kind of underground film festival you yeah. could play at. We did very well at that um, did turnouts. Did you ever consider holding the movie for a year and then waiting to see when this craziness would end and then doing it, I guess, the right way? <laughs> I think we did consider it, but, you know, it had been we'd been working on it for so long. We kind of hit this point with that where we're like, it's time to just kind of be done with it in a way. You know, I think um, the trepidation. Right. Or, you know, some of the the temptation as a filmmaker is if you sit on it, you're just going to keep working on it and working on it and working on it and whittling away at it. And I think we just hit this point where we had been going at it for four or five years, talking about it for four or five years. Yeah. And it was like, let's just kind of get this out of our lives and move on. And even after that, you know, it was, um, I mean, gosh, even getting to this point, you know, like super excited for it to come out on Fandor and everything. I mean, even that was a process after. So yeah. I don't know. Like so many yeah. of the manners you covered, it was baked. <laughs> yeah. um, is there any chance that your film could inspire a new Sleaze Lake event in 2022 or 2023? Ooh, I don't think it could ever be quite the same. Um, there would have to be like big money involved and corporate sponsors and stuff. This was all DIY, like 
a group of people getting together and just like doing it for the hell of it. They, you know, they just wanted to throw an awesome party. It wasn't, there wasn't any money-making schemes or anything. So, you know, I think there are, you know, events around the U S that are more like low key and attract a lot of people, but I don't think they would get the numbers of Sleece Lake. You know, maybe they get a couple thousand people at their big party, but I was going to say what, what, 20,000 and it's okay, 20,000 estimate. Yeah. But I mean, the only thing that I know of that size is, is, is Burning Man. That's sort of regular. Um, and you know, Burning Man's gotten bigger than that. I think that they've let 75 people, 1,000 people, or 80,000 people in last time. Um, but that's uh, it's gotten quite institutionalized and, and um, you know, yeah. in a way that this this just wasn't. Um, so I, I guess, like, uh, what's your favorite scene from the film without giving too much oh. away? There's one of those surprising questions. Uh, <laughs> wow. You know, I really love, I think what we're, I'm really proud of the way that we put together. I would, I would call it the rise of Annie in it. I think that it's like, you can consider it a scene really, you know, where it's kind of like going through the rise of the popularity of Annie, the rise of the club Midwest Vans LTD, who's kind of the center of the story. And I think it's just such a fun watch to kind of like, it's it's fast paced and that's how the whole culture was in a way really fast paced it went from nothing to something within like two years all of a sudden it was like oh let's all buy these weird boogie vans and put carpet in them and you know like travel the country it just blew up like wildfire i think that that scene like really captures it so it's like even though i was one that edited it and nick and i've seen that a thousand times it's like i still have fun watching that and kind of like watching all of them you can tell that our characters in that like get to live in this space for a minute where they're like digging into their brains. You can tell they're having fun talking about it too. And the excitement that they, that they felt in that era, I think. Mm. And how about you, Nick? Do you have a favorite scene? Ooh, um, just to be a little different than Andrew is uh, I like uh, the scene with Tom Spears where he's in front of his custom red uh, van and he's kind of doing a tour of it. And um He's just kind of talking about the good times and the future. And this is a guy that's been vanning for 50 years. And um, you can tell he still loves doing it. And he's kind of like giving you a tour of his like van graveyard, uh, per se, his yard. Like, well, I had this van and this van. But um, he points out that, you know, this awesome custom van is not what they would have uh, driven in their van club in 1977. Um, they were more about the party and the people and, not so much about like the hot riding aspects of it and their club in particular, but um, there's a little scene where uh, he's just showing off the features of the van and the, the, the back gate opens up and Tom's in there and just kind of waves. And <laughs> for whatever reason, that just like uh, tickles me when I see every time he waves right in that little scene, I, it makes me happy. So it's as far as you could tell in 2022, is there still kind of a van culture or is it pretty? Oh, there is. Let's hear about it. So, so go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, so I have a 73 Dodge van. So that's like kind of how we came to this whole thing in a nutshell. You know, there's more to the story. But so I bought that in 2011. And then I swear to God, around that time and around the time we made the first film, Bannon, everybody like just rediscovered it. Like all the vans that I think people joked about forever being like, oh, the creepy, the creeper van. What like. <laughs> All of a sudden, they just like looked cool again, or something, you know. And so everybody kind of rediscovered it at the same time. Now, 
Is it as big as it was? Absolutely not. Will it be? Absolutely not. But I do think that there is a pretty strong band culture with people in their 20s and 30s are starting to buy these old bands, restore them. And there are still van events. The van nationals, still, van nationals still happens every single year in a different state. And I'm actually a member of the club that still exists in the film. So I'm a member of Midwest Vans LTD, which is, you know, another kind of way that I think we came to this film and everything like that. So it's still happening. It's just happening in, in really small, you know, smaller ways. But I think, you know, with the caveat there that it makes it more interesting and more special. If there was huge corporate sponsorship, if it was like this huge thing, like it used to be in the seventies where tire manufacturers would come out and right. put up a main stage and, you know, all that kind of stuff, it just wouldn't retain what it is now, which is kind of like a family reunion every year for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, a close tight knit group of unique individuals. My parents, my parents bought a van conversion in like 1986 or 87. It must have been, and so I had access to that in high school. But never, uh, they weren't part of van culture in any way. And 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 I and I was I was too young to be to, to be part of that. But it was it, it was interesting to see sort of so, some some recognition on the road for other people who had. You know, conversions and 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 restored vans and you know a buddy of mine um, still one of my closest friends had a VW from forever ago um, and and you know has restored it and taken care of it and tricked it out over time and you know still uses it for, for camping trips and everything else and he's he's more more tied to this than I am but uh, some amazing stuff from the film. Wow, that's so funny, Chris. I can't believe you're literally part of this culture. Amazing. I mean, I, I'm not for real. <laughs> Um, but you know, certainly touched it, touched it a long way. And uh, for a while, it was fun to drive a van. <laughs> well, I, you know, and I would just add to that too that it takes a certain, I don't know, a certain type of person tends to have a van, and it's like a, D, it's like a very DIY thing. Like I was always in a band in high school, mm -hmm. right? And like you know, me and Nick and a lot of our friends, you know, Nick and I grew up together in Michigan, and it's like, well, you get in the van, you put all the gear in the van, you take all the van to go to the gig, right? Yeah, and then you yeah. like drink beer in it while you're waiting to play your show or whatever. Yeah, have a little know? adventure. Yep. Yeah. And so it's there's like a DIY aspect to just like having a van, right? You can sleep in it on the road if you want to or, you know. And so I think it's just like it, it all translates, I guess, you know, to that old old van life culture. You know, you get the new van life culture now. And like and then there's this old old school van life culture, which was really I would say that like in what's depicted in our film, it's more like bikers or something. You know, it's more like a, there, it's more like Midwest vans is more like Hell's Angels than they are. You know, the modern uh, idea of van life yeah. is beautiful people at the beach. Yeah, taking selfies at the beach with your van. <laughs> so um, I'd love to hear a story of like this movie coming out and someone finding you guys and just thanking you for this film and what it meant to them. Uh, because you were in a bunch of film festivals, because you've been working on it for so long, there's got to be that one really great heartwarming story that that just puts like a tear in your eye. Do you guys have that? Hmm. I don't know if <laughs> heartwarming, but since this is our second van film, um, we are, you know, we will forever be the, the, van, the van movie guys. guys. We're the movie guys, you know, yeah. if we show up to a, a van event. And um, a couple of years ago at the Van Nationals, when Vannon was on the front page of Amazon Prime that summer, it was just nuts. The amount of people that showed up, like, 
because they found out about it that week or they bought a van and showed up to the big van festival and they were like looking for characters in the film like like trading cards or something They're like oh i gotta meet so-and-so and i gotta meet so-and-so are they here and oh, you yeah. guys made that or you know there's a, a lot of um nice really nice uh people that have been in the scene for years that pull us aside and thank us all the time for uh giving them you just covering their um their uh passion so uh lovingly yeah nice i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We do have one anecdote that did did come to mind. So we were doing a film festival in... In northern Michigan, and that was, uh, you know, this guy stood up, like Q&A time, right? And this guy stood up, and he was like, hey, I was there. And it was just this, like, you know, this guy yeah. in the middle of nowhere, Michigan, all the way up in the Upper Peninsula. Yeah, we like, were on, like, Lake Superior, like, a very yeah. small town. <laughs> and this guy was just like, I was there, and it was pretty much like that. Like, what's depicted in the film, you know? Just like... And I think it's like become stuff of legend for the people that were there or, or were even around that town at the time. You know, it's this thing that, you know, I think a lot of people have forgotten about, obviously, but it's like the stuff of legend for the people that were in and around it, where they're just like, oh, my God, that's right. When all the weirdo banners invaded our town and like <laughs> you, know, you couldn't buy any liquor or bread for three days because they bought it all out, you know. Oh, that's so great. That's a great story. OK, so. um 
everyone uh we're i have one more question but just a gentle reminder uh sleaze lake is on fandor please check it out we'd love for you to watch it and support these guys um we're gonna end the interview with this if you could leave us with one movie that's meant a lot to you doesn't have to be your favorite film what would it be uh andrew we'll start with you Oh, uh, I think in the spirit of Sleaze Lake, Heavy Metal Parking Lot, or I'm going to add another one, The Decline of Civilization Part 2, The Metal Years. Great pick. <laughs> and Heavy Metal Parking Lot has been you know, promoted on Fandor for since, since its founding. It's a big deal. It was a humongous. Uh, is Nick wearing the shirt right I now? I am, yeah. Nice. <laughs> it was like, we're going to be on Fandor next to Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Like, hell yes. Like. <laughs> And how about you, Nick, if you could leave us with a, uh, a film? Shoot. Um, I love the Anvil documentary. Uh, that's a wonderful film. Uh, American movie and home movie, like Christmas, first couple films are uh, brilliant. Um, but yeah, let's go with Anvil. What's, can you tell us a little bit about the Anvil movie? Because I, I don't know what that Anvil, is. Anvil, the story of Anvil is, uh, it's basically a documentary about uh, an old heavy metal band out of Canada that, you know, they started to rise in the 80s with uh, Scorpions and Metallica and that sort of stuff, played the big festivals, and then everybody else got successful and they didn't, but they're still a band. And it's like based on this like lifelong friendship of the guitarist and the drummer. And you kind of see them in 2008 kind of writing their new album and going on tour again and kind of like the history of the band is really heartwarming and funny and uh, well edited. Um, it's a great flick. Awesome. Well, Nick, Andrew, wish you guys nothing but the best. We're so excited to have Sleaze Lake on Fandor. And um, if people want to find you guys, are you on the social media platforms? Yeah, uh, on Instagram, we are Sleaze Lake with two E's or at Little Cabin Films. That's our production company. Nice. Fantastic. You guys are great. All right, this all right, gentlemen. We wish you nothing but the best. Cheers. Thanks this so was much. fun. Thanks Take so care. much. Yeah, We're cool. thrilled to be on Fandor. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 